0: Evening, everyone. This is weird, isn't it? Um, Great to be with you. Uh, Let me pray uh, and then we'll get going. Father God, thank you so much uh, for the joy uh, we have of gathering together today. Thank you for technology and thank you for your word. We pray now. You may help us to listen uh, after long days, after long weeks, Lord. Help us to uh, be in wonder and awe again uh, of what you did on the cross. Amen. Let me tell you a story. In a city on the shore of a great lake there once lived a small boy. He loved the water, he loved sailing. He loved it so much that with his father's help, he spent months making a beautiful model boat. Uh, You can imagine it, you might see it on screen, crisply painted, lovely sails. And he began to sail it on the water's edge. One day, a sudden gust of wind caught the tiny boat and carried it far off into the lake and out of sight. The boy was distraught. He returned home inconsolable. Day after day, he would walk the shores in search of his treasure, but always in vain. Then one day, as he was walking through town, he saw that beautiful boat. He saw the boat again, but it was in the shop window. He went into the shop. He told the shop owner, he said to him, I'm the boy, I I made this boat, I own this boat. Shop owner though said, no, 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 this is not your boat. I paid a local fisherman good money for it. If the boy wanted the boat, he'd have to pay the price. And so the boy set himself to work doing anything and everything until finally he returned to the store with the money. And at last again, he had the precious boat in his arms. And he said with great joy, Boat, you're twice mine now because I made you and because I bought you I made you and I bought you redemption is the word we're looking at today as lanks explained we're looking at these these words which help us understand and unpack the meaning of the cross to understand why Jesus died and what he achieved redemption is our word today and redemption just means it's the payment of a ransom the payment of a price the object of that payment though is not a boat but our lives Ephesians 1, verse 7 is our key verse today. Langs, if you just press play slideshow, it'll play the slideshow in full screen. That's going to be easiest for everyone to be able to read exactly what's going on. You'll have to scroll it through to the slides we need. Sorry, team, that'll make it easy for you. There you go. Ephesians 1, verse 7. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. This is our verse today, and it's a picture of amazing love, of amazing sacrifice, a picture of freedom, similar to what Sai looked at last week. And today, maybe that's the first thing you need to hear after a tricky week. You've been cooped up inside, everything's changed, and you also want to hear that God, like that boy, holds you in his arms, and if you've trusted in him, he says with great joy, you're twice mine now because I made you and because I bought you. This is a blessing that we have now, redemption. And Paul starts this letter to the church, reminding them in verse three, he says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Often uh, we forget to appreciate all that we have now in Jesus. It's probably been hard this week. I know it has been for me at times to not focus just on the material things or, or the lack of them or the scarcity of them or the fear of whether we'll have them or not. Paul reminds us here. Initially, don't look at your material blessings or your lack of them. Look to your spiritual blessings. Look about what you are now in Christ. Praise be to God who has blessed us in the heavenly realms of every, every spiritual blessing in Christ. And the one we're talking about today is redemption. It's a challenge at the moment now, of course it is, but a great one today. So let's look at this this blessing, this awesome blessing. We can remember what happened on the cross of redemption today. So firstly, the first question is there on screen. What do we have? We have redemption. What on earth does redemption mean, you may be asking. If, uh, if like me, you love sports, then it's a regular narrative uh, you may hear to hear about redemption. The story goes that someone messes up horribly publicly uh, and then through their performances on the pitch they redeem themselves Um, think maybe Ronaldo after Rooney getting sent off in 2004 Uh, there you go Ben Stokes uh, after Bristol Steve Smith after Sam Papergate this is not the picture here though that picture doesn't work in this sense Um, the biblical picture what it is as we've said is being bought at a price More significantly, it's a a picture of a Roman marketplace where slavery was common. It's a picture of being bought out of slavery. Redemptions, an image throughout the Bible story, we see it right back in Exodus. If you remember back to where we looked at the whole scope of the Bible, right back in Exodus, God redeemed his people from slavery in Egypt from the grip of an enemy under Pharaoh and the Egyptians. He leads them out of Egypt with the people then saved by blood on their doorposts at Passover. In the New Testament, this picture of of being in slavery repeats itself again and again as reminded we're not free agents. We're not born free. Ephesians 2 later on goes, I encourage you to read Ephesians later. It it gives us the story of what our natural condition is. It says we're enslaved in following the ways of the world. It says we're enslaved to the rule of the kingdom of the the devil. It says we're enslaved to the cravings of the flesh. In simple terms, we are slaves to sin and the devil. We looked at this last week with Psy. Jesus tells us in John 8, anyone who sins is a slave to sin. One act of rebellion against God, and you're enslaved by sin and its consequences. We belong to Satan. Jesus says a few verses uh, later, why don't you understand you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires? We're described by Jesus as being slaves. To whom? To the enemy of God, Satan. And logically, this has to be right. We find ourselves again and again, don't we? Pushing Jesus to the fringes of our lives and rejecting him. We're naturally rebellious from the day of our birth. Any parent right now, I'm sure, will be able to tell you if that is true, especially so at the moment we can see it, baby. And if we reject God and his rule, then whose side are we on? so we need redemption we need to be bought all of us need it not just those people who we 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 look out there and we judge them we go well they need redemption they need saving not just those of his horrible stories at the moment aren't there people deliberately coughing on people this week or maybe in a more joking way with looking at and seeing our neighbors going out more than twice a day (laughs) or In serious terms, we we think of dictators in years gone by who caused mass genocide. But we need it too. All of us need redemption. And I know that's offensive. I know it is. When I read that in the Bible, I, I get offended by that as well. But just because it's offensive doesn't stop it being true. And I'm sure when we reflect on this last week, we can see how true it is. We're enslaved to sin and the devil. Why do we? find ourselves incapable of not loving others as we love ourselves this week why do we find our fuse so short with our uh, the people we're living with with our families our partners with our children why do we sometimes find bitterness anger raging so much at the frustration of things we're enslaved to it maybe just stop with me now and ask yourself did i know that by nature i am a slave by nature I'm not free, that that I was not born with a blank slate, but through my own choice, I willfully reject God's rightful rule as I choose to do what the devil wants me to do. That is our status. In the words of Bob Dylan, I won't sing it, but I'll read it. You may be an ambassador to England or France. You may like to gamble, you might like to dance. You may be the heavyweight champion of the world. You may be a socialite with a long string of pearls. You might be a rock and roll addict prancing on the stage. You might have drugs at your command, women in a cage. You may be a businessman or some high degree thief. They may call you doctor or they may call you chief. But you're going to have to serve somebody. Yes, indeed, you're going to have to serve somebody. It may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. So true. This is a message today of real good news, you'll be glad to know. So uh, how are we redeemed? Because it's possible to be redeemed. How are we redeemed? We're redeemed by his blood, by Jesus's blood. Redemption always involves a payment. And it's always a costly payment. I was um, traveling around Egypt with my sister about 10 years ago. Uh, There you go. We, We visited the pyramids. Um, and a salesman of some tourist tats, if you've been there, you, you can kind of imagine the scene, comes up to us. And he playfully approached us. And he asked to buy my sister. It was a joke, but it was quite funny. Um, we were having some banter. And so I joked back and forth with him. And I asked him, well, fine. How much do you think she's worth? He'd obviously thought about this. He'd obviously used this line with tourists before. And he quickly calculated for me. He said, one thousand camels, sir. Now. Uh, a few months before, I'd actually visited the camel market outside Cairo. It's a smelly place, but a camel's asking price is about £800. Pounds. So he was offering about £800. Grand. Uh, me and my sister, uh, it's not a bad deal. But instead, we bought a toy pyramid from him instead. Redemption always involves a payment, always involves a costly payment. Our redemption, our purchasing from being slaves to sin and the devil, to being God's possession involves a costly payment payment that's why jesus suffered and died remember our is in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins forgiveness costs us nothing we can't pay the price it's all grace, as verse goes on to say we'll look at it in a minute there's nothing we can do but it did cost jesus his life that was the payment to release us from our bondage the bible talks elsewhere about how blood is the payment for forgiveness of sins His blood shed for us. Remember Lancs a few weeks ago, him for me. His blood shed satisfies God and his right anger, a concept we're going to look at in the weeks to come. Jesus was that payment. Jesus was that ransom to release us from slavery. In Mark 10, Jesus says as himself about himself, he says "For even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. Let me ask you, how much do you think you're worth? Now, it's a silly question. I'm not asking how much should your boss pay you or how much you think you deserve for all you do to look after your family or whatever it might be. How much do you think you're worth? At this time, you might be feeling quite low. You might be feeling a bit let down. You may think, where is God? Does he still love us? Does he still love me? You're worth so much. See the depth of his love here. 1 Peter, verse 1, Peter describes it. He says, for you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors. But with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. You're precious. You may need to hear that today. You're precious. Remember back to the boy in the boat. He said with great joy, You're twice mine now, because I made you and because I bought you. Bought by his blood. What does then redemption result in? What's the result of this? What actually happens? Well, it's the forgiveness of sins. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Now it says, We've trusted in Christ. We are totally and completely forgiven of our sins. They've been completely dealt with. We could talk more about this. We've talked about this before, but time restricts me a little bit. So instead, let me illustrate the result of this. If we if we preach this truth to ourselves, if we remember this truth and let it let it live in us, if you've trusted in Christ, if you've followed Him and said, "Lord, thank you for redeeming me. Thank you for taking the punishment I deserve," then the result is total forgiveness of sins. It's mind blowing. What a spiritual blessing this is to meditate on at the moment. It means there's no place for guilt. It means there's no place for condemnations, Paul says. There's an American author um, called Chuck Colson. He tells of watching uh, a man called Albert Speer being interviewed on TV in America. Now, Speer, here he is on screen. There he is Adolf Hitler. He was the technological genius who kept the Nazi factories running throughout World War II he was the only one of 24 war criminals who were tried at Nuremberg, who admitted his guilt. And he served 20 years in a prison, an awful prison. And then the interview on this American TV show referred to a passage of one of Speer's earlier books where he said, Mrs. Speer speaking, he said, you have said that guilt can never be forgiven or shouldn't be, do you still feel that way? Colson says he'll never forget the look on Speer's face. Spears responded, I served a sentence of 20 years and I could say I'm a free man. My conscience has been cleared by serving the whole time of my punishment. But I can't get rid of it. This new book is part of my atoning, part of my cleaning of my conscience. The interview on TV pressed the point. He said, Albert, you don't, you really don't think you'll be able to clear it totally, do you? And Spears shook his head. He said, I don't think it will be possible. Chuck Colson says he's worked in prison ministry his whole life. He said for 35 years, Spear had accepted complete responsibility for his crime. His writings were filled with contrition and warnings of others to avoid what he had done. He desperately sought expiation, but to no avail. Colson says, I wanted to write Spear to tell him about Jesus and his death on the cross, about God's forgiveness. But there wasn't time. That interview was his last public statement, and he died shortly afterwards. The tragedy for Spear is that there was, and is a hand to lift them up, complete forgiveness of sins. Though he didn't know it and he didn't deserve it and neither do we. It's the scandal of the good news of Jesus. This is redemption. And for you today, if you've not trusted in Christ, there is complete forgiveness of sins. Christian, today... Listening in now, remind yourself of this. One of the most amazing blessings we have in Christ. It's easy to fixate on those the lack of blessings, maybe, all the things we're struggling with. What a blessing this is to meditate on today. <laughs> Finally, then, as we finish, what are we redeemed for? We're redeemed for to serve God. Now it'd be easy to stop here and go, "Great, um, we're free," but that would be half the story. Unfortunately, it's not half a sermon. We're nearly there. Uh, we were freed with a purpose, purchased with a purpose. The boy who bought his boat back would be a fool, wouldn't he, to not now use it to sail again on the lake. Ephesians later goes on to say we're God's possession to the praise of his glory. And Paul later then writes to Titus in Titus 2. It's on the screen there for you. He says, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are in his very own eager to do what is good, redeemed to make himself a people that is very own, eager to do what is good. We've been given a freedom now to serve him, to find our joy in him. Think now of the joy we'll have, the street parties we will have when lockdown ends. When freedom is restored in some senses, let us respond in joy and praise now for the freedom we have bought for us now. And let us respond in service to him. We're no longer slaves to sin. But in a wonderful way, as Paul says later on, we're slaves to Christ, ransomed for a reason, redeemed for a reason. You saw the picture of the piano come up. It'll come up again. An old man. He went into a charity shop a few years ago. That's not the exact piano. But his eyes lit up. He saw an old grand piano, dusty, a little bit like that one, battered, painted white in crusty paint. It had been used in a fairground. Its strings were broken. Its pedals were wobbly. But but he bought it. The old man spent weeks working on it. As he cleaned under the lid, he saw the brand name Steinway appear, one of the leading piano brands, and he, he fixed this piano, he polished it up, he repainted it, he scrubbed it, and now sits in his front room. But it doesn't just sit there. The old man plays it. He bought the piano for a reason. He purchased it for a purpose. God sent his son, Jesus, to do that to us, to to grab us, battered, incapable of helping ourselves, living under sin, strings broken, paint cracking, deserving his righteous anger. His son comes down and with his life, he pays the price for his father's anger so we might step free and serve him. So, friends, as we finish, who are you working for these weeks? Who are you serving? Yourself? Sigh last week, the self-centeredness issue we, we we've all got to look at serving your your family you dominate all your time now your bosses they adjust to the new work-life balance we've all got to strike at the moment you've been bought as a slave to christ to serve freely to serve him by following his his basic commands to love him with all our hearts and love our neighbor as ourselves that's what it looks like now in, in grace remember our verse saying "In accordance with the riches of god's grace we do this in response to what he's done, not because we have to do anything to earn this forgiveness and this redemption. So, how will this look like for you this week to serve God, to not serve ourselves? It's amazing to hear how people have been practically serving each other in the church with, with meals, Helen with all the craft activities for the children, books being delivered, all sorts, so much going on. And we've talked a little about opportunities. Um, as well as we look after to those who don't yet know Jesus. Maybe you've sent them this link so they can have a watch. which um, serving with the different ways you go about your business. We'll talk a little bit later maybe. or will send an email about opportunities for those who have a bit more time to maybe think about going to the food bank. Um, something we've, we've looked to give some money to, to reach really and support them at this time. And so we need to remember um, that we've been redeemed with a purpose. Bought with a, bought with a purpose. and as we close, we need to also remember that if you, you've turned to Jesus, you are redeemed now. Yes, now, right now. But there is a now and not yet to it. Um, for all of those who are in our growth groups, our small groups, they're looking at a book called The Enemy Within. And you'll know this, that the fallen world we live in still pulls. Our sinful nature still wages war with us. So we also look forward to that time where we'll be fully redeemed in new creation. There may be a a great thing to, to long for and pine for now in some senses. In a right sense, we, we live in this world now, but we, we long for redemption to come. If life seems tough this week, if that freedom seems tricky this week, meditate on that. on the full redemption bought for you now and in the future to come. All by God's grace. And if you're not sure what you think yet, I'm going to leave you with the words of Bob Dylan. Mull over the fact that you must serve someone. We all do. Will it be the Lord? May I encourage you to look into it, That you might. You may be a mother or father working at home. You may be living in a mansion or you might live in a dome. You may be getting on by as you live now in lockdown. You might instead be going crazy. You have a permanent frown. But you're going to have to serve somebody. You're going to have to serve somebody. It may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. We're going to sing in response uh, to the awesome truths we've looked at in Ephesians of the redemption brought for us by Christ. Um, I'm going to dive off the camera to my other computer and play the song for us. We're going to sing in response. Uh, Mike's mute, but let's, let's sing this song as a prayer, as a song of thanksgiving and praise to our God.